Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. I'm reading from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Hey, over the next few minutes, I want to speak to you from this idea, this subject, if you're taking notes, two things. Everybody say two things. Two things. Come on, would you pray with me? Um, Dear King, we love you. We thank you for these moments, Lord God, that we can come before your presence. We're so grateful um, that we get to hear from you. We get to encounter you in worship, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for the dynamic talents, Lord God, that you have given this house at Greater, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the voices that seek after you, not approval, Lord God, not the movement of emotions, Lord, but to see you glorified, Lord God. If you don't do another thing for us, Lord, we just want to make your name big, Lord. We want to worship you for everything that you've already done, Jesus. And Father, we know that you did it. So, Father, we rest and we rely on that fact. Speak to us today, Lord God, as we walk, as we move in this element, Lord Jesus, which you have given us a measure of. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, Lord God. Amen and amen. Come on, would you put your hands together one more time for Jesus all over this place. Come on. Two things, two things. Y'all remember when I first uh, had this thought that I felt like the Lord was telling me, yo, we're going to plant a church. And I remember I had a couple conversations with some individuals, the Benitez, Brian and Sochi, and um, Jason and Allison, who are a part of our church, which today, y'all, is their anniversary. We love them. If you see them, send them a text message. Tell them happy anniversary. They're out there hanging out. They're doing their thing. Praise the Lord. Hey, but um, I remember when I spoke to them, we decided that Georgia was the place where we wanted to be. And I'll talk to you a little bit more about that. But one of the things that we did when we first got here is that we try to explore and we drove around and we were trying to be in different places. And um, some of you may or may not have heard this story. If you were with us at Baker uh, about five years ago, I shared this story about how when we first came here, we were trying to look for a place to meet. Now, not to meet and have church services, but just to create interest meetings for people to learn, yo, we're coming and we're starting a brand new church. So we started driving around. And at that time, I don't know, I expected Georgia to be just like horses and cows, you know what I mean? Like trees. And I was like, they ain't got no coffee shops. Them folks don't drink coffee. And I remember driving around. Now, understand, let me bring a context to this. I'm from Miami, Florida, meaning that in every corner, we got somewhere for you to meet. Like, I mean, you have coffee, you got libraries that turn into nightclubs at night. Like, I mean, that's just Miami so I'm thinking I'm gonna come to Georgia and we're gonna find us a night a a nice little spot where we can bring people and talk to them about how we're starting a church well can I tell you brother we drived around for probably four to five hours just looking for somewhere at this time it was Paradise Donuts which was right across the street from KSU the end we couldn't find anything and we're driving and all of a sudden we had to meet with some friends of ours that were at a house well, while we're driving and we're looking for this place, I'm noticing that, yo, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little low on gas. You know what I'm saying? And I've mentioned to you that we have three types of people in this church, but in your own personal life. The type of people that you put gas when you're at a quarter tank. The type of people that put gas when the light comes on. It's like, okay, the light comes on, put gas, low fuel. Let me go put gas. And then you have a third, a special group of people. I may or may not belong to this group that whenever the light comes on, that means nothing. Like, you know how much under the E you can go. You, I see a little bit. I don't see a space. It's a little bit of space. I got, I got some more room. You know where to go. Well, what happens is that we get an emergency and we get a call. And one of my friends, um, his wife had made a left-hand turn. And when she made a left-hand turn, 
Georgia, right? Y'all got freaking sidewalks that are about this big right here, right? So when she hits that thing, skirt, boom, she pops not one, but both tires. So we get a call and she's crying ballistic to me, such I love you. She's crying and she's like, I'm thinking somebody died, bro. I'm on the phone. Her husband's there. I'm like, yo, to what? Ha slow down. Just talk. What happened? She's like, I got a flat tire. I'm like, okay, what happened? I got two flat tires. I'm like, yo, the story just gets better and better. She probably ran somebody over. And I'm like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm good. We're like, don't worry about it. She's like, Brian's going to kill me. It was his car. He just got it. I say, relax, calm down. I got it. So, you know, I had a conversation with Brian. I was like, listen, your wife is okay. Everything's good. We were able to work it out. But we end up going over there. And when we go over there, show and behold, oh, lo and behold, both of her tires are flat. But Georgia, you decide to close everything at 5 p.m. So here we are trying to figure out where are we going to go to get this tire fixed? Like in Miami, bro, you got them Dominicans at three o'clock in the morning, bro. Merengue all day long. You could get your tires changed. You could drink coffee, probably buy drugs. I mean, you could do anything at three o'clock in the morning at any gas station. You know what I mean? I'm here. We're driving everywhere we could find. And then finally, we end up finding this like 24-hour tire place that's somewhere in Woodstock. And we were able to change the tires. Everything gets settled. At this point, the party's over. We're like, ah, whatever. Let's head home. So me and Jason are heading to the house. And we jump back in my car when i'm heading back to the car you ever you you know that feeling when your car just goes <laughs> that like you know when your phone is about to drop you know that feeling that you feel where your heart just stops and it just boom, that junk just, doo -doo -doo. i said oh jesus and then i looked at the e bro it was like my finger was under the e like it had that much of a gap under the e i said we out of here so like jesus i started speaking it right now jesus i'm like lord help me and i'm driving so we decide, at this point now, <laughs> mind you, it's probably about maybe one o'clock in the morning. And we're driving and I say, well, I'm going to pull into a gas station. So I put gas in my car, right? I mean, like, that's obvious. Pull into the gas station, doo -doo 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 -doo, the car turns off. I start that bad boy up again. You know, you got to hit it three times. One for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Spirit. And then you start it, boom. Pull into a gas station. We roll, the car turns off again. Bro, I get to the pump and the pump says, pumps are closed. Who does that? Like at a gas station, those pumps, you don't need a person, that's a computer. It's simple, you put your card, you get your money, get the gas and go. The pumps are closed. So I'm thinking, oh, this is a special deal. You know what I mean? So again, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Father, right now in Jesus' name, Jason, speak in tongues, you ain't holy enough. He starts going, boom, we finally get it. We get across the street, now we're pushing the car. Now we're pushing the car. We get to the other gas station across the street. Pumps are closed. I'm sitting here and I'm like, yo, what is this? It's a gas station, bro. It's credit card. At this point, it was 2016, 17, babe, somewhere around there. I'm like, yo, what is happening? It's 2 o'clock in the morning now. We're tired. And then we just say, yo, there's another gas station up Bell's Ferry. Now, this all happened in that little Woodstock, Bell's Ferry and Eagle, that corner right there, those two gas stations. We end up going down the street, going up Bell's Ferry up to 92. The whole time, bro, I'm turning the car on praying Jesus, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, turning the car on, and then we're pushing it as much as we can. Finally, we had the courage to call one of our friends, and we called Brian, <laughs> and we said, Brian, <laughs> he, number one, he was terrified because it's three o'clock in the morning, and we're calling him. I was trying to figure out how he was awake. He didn't even have the raspy voice, you know what I mean? He was just like, what happened? I'm like, bro, listen, we ran out of gas. He goes, and he gets gas. 
he comes to the gas station or to the street where we were and he's able to put gas and then we were able to go to another gas station to put gas in. It's funny because I think about this story all the time whenever I start to think about this one thing that I want to talk to you about because it's the idea that our car could not move, could not go anywhere without gas. Like, I mean, it was gas that was able to let us to continue our journey, but we had malpracticed it. We had completely undermined it, denied it in such a way that we didn't even worry about what we needed to move forward with. And can I tell you, there is one thing, God is not a car, but there is one thing that will move God in your favor. It moves the needle. It actually begins to open up doors for you. By it, kingdoms have been raised. By it, nations have been torn down. There is one thing that if I told you what that one thing is in your own personal life the things that you are struggling with that you don't have property of right now the things that you've been praying about and listen to me there is one thing that will move God if I told you what it is you think it was too simple and that's the problem that we relegate this thing to just one experience of the Christian faith and we don't understand that this is the very thing that we need on a daily basis super simple you ready you ready two two of you okay I'll tell you two it's, it's called faith. But, but faith is like this thing that's just, oh, we believe and we have it. Faith was the reason why a young 14-year-old boy was able to fight against a nine-foot individual man and take his life and use his very own weapon to take his head. Faith was the very thing that you have watched kingdoms that have actually, you watched a 99-year-old man have sexual relations with a 90-year-old woman and a baby comes out of that mug because of faith. Do you know that if you can take this thing called faith, what I'm going to teach you over the next few weeks, over the next couple of weeks, are things that we applied as a team here and we began to see miracles come out of what we are going to talk about today. Why? Because in lead... That's what we do every single morning. We get together with our leadership team. And a few months ago, I said, hey, I want to believe for some stuff. And I want us to pray, but we need faith. And I began to teach them what is faith. And can I tell you that I got some stories that people have given me, some miracles and some testimonies from that faith that I'm going to share with you, especially on the sixth, that I'm the fifth, that I'm going to share with you that God has done because we actually started to believe God for some stuff. Have you gotten to the place where you just got saved and then you just said, well, this is it? I'm saved, blessed by the Lamb, hallelujah, glory to God. How you doing? Good morning, blessed, highly favored. And you've stopped actually pushing the agenda and believing God for some stuff. That you've actually taken this thing called faith and you kind of just put it in your back pocket for a little bit because you say, I believe in God, but you haven't believed God for fill in the blank. Today, my hope and my desire is I want to unpack and show you a little bit what is faith. I want to actually give you some practical handles that you can hold on to faith, but then I want to test God. I want to try God. Malachi chapter 3, we talk about it as a money thing. And God says, won't you bring the tithe to the storehouse? And he's speaking about the tithes financially. But the idea here is faith. The reason why I give of my finances is because I believe that there's a God that's real. And what's crazy is that when you begin to move in faith, the Bible says the windows of heaven are open. That not only is it a blessing for you, but all of a sudden it goes out and it becomes a blessing for other people. That your faith can actually begin to do this thing. That the belief that you have in you, I'm going to explain some stuff to you that I hope you can get. Because if you do, you're going to watch some miracles happen in your life. Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1, we just talked about it. This idea that the Bible says now 
faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen for it. The elders obtained a good mercy, a, a good testimony. Now, faith. I want you to understand those two words. Yes, they are a conjunction because in in chapter ten, just a, a chapter before that, whether it's Paul or Paulus, we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. They began to talk about the sacrifice of Jesus and how, because of the blood of the Lamb, because of the things that He shed, how He created access to the throne of God. That we now have a relationship. We don't longer need animals. We don't longer need things to be able to bring us to God, but because of the one sacrifice of Jesus, because of his blood, now we have access to the creator of the universe. Some of us can't get freaking uh, Costco's customer service on the phone, let alone Facebook. God, I hate Facebook. You can't get nobody on a phone. Everything is automated. Press one if you want a human. Human. I press zero. Zero doesn't even work. Doesn't work no more. We do not understand your answer and they hang up on you. You have a, a direct line to God because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And then he begins to build this framework where he starts to talk about faith. But I want you to understand, though now faith is a conjunction and it's bringing both of them together, there is a thing that is now faith. There is something inside of us that can I tell you, man, regardless of your biblical theology or how much you know or how much you don't know, how long you've been in church, your pedigree, how your parents prayed, how you believed, there's a time that comes in your life where you need now faith, where you can't wait for the steps. You can't wait to give enough tithe. You can't wait to come to an altar. There are some moments where you get a report and somebody tells you that a parent has cancer, that those are the moments where you need now faith. There are some moments in your own personal life when a boss walks into the room and tells you, hey, we can't move forward with you anymore. That's where you need now faith. There are moments in your own personal life where you feel like anxiety, depression is gripping you and you don't got the time to get on a phone and call your cousin who knows all the scriptures at that moment you need some now faith to believe God I need you to meet me right now because my heart is broken I got a contrite spirit and you say you will never walk away from it we need those moments and you need that now faith and I tell you it's been said you're either in a storm you're coming out of a storm or you're heading into a storm the Bible tells us in Psalms chapter 34 verse 19 it says many are the afflictions of the righteous. Y'all, we get saved and it's not problem free. We're skating through life. Just Holy Ghost and angels. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Everything blessed and highly favored. Use a lie. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. There are many things that come against us, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. We need some faith in the middle of trials and tribulations. When somebody calls, I just had a friend of mine dear to our church. They called yesterday at 11 o'clock at night, 1130 at night when the heat beat the Celtics. Praise the Lord. That's a side note. Sorry. But he called at 1130. I'm like, hallelujah. I was punching my son. And then all of a sudden I get a text message and it says, my cousin has been shot multiple times. He's in surgery right now. Chino, I need you to pray. That isn't a time where I'm going to sit there and look up scriptures and go into my concordance and Google 48 different things. That is the moment where I leave everything that I'm doing. I jump on a phone call. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we got to have now faith because there's afflictions, but there's a God that delivers us through them all. Come on, if you believe in him, would you make some noise in this place? The God that believes and loves us. Now faith, there's something that you have to cling to. These hurricane force winds are all around you, but you have this thing that you can hold on to. This thing that, that is hope. Hebrews chapter 6 verse, verse 19, it says that it's an anchor for my soul. It's an hope. 
Then when life starts to drift me all the way, I'm like, God, I don't know if you'll come through. Boom. And that junk will bring you right back. No, I came through. I've been there before. I did that already in your life. I promise you that I'm going to continue to. It's an anchor, this hope that we hold on to. You, you got to have some now faith. There are some moments that we have to now faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The substance, there's a few different definitions to this. Some of us know what substance is. <laughs> some of us know and have tried a few substances. <laughs> what happens is that when you begin to actually try substances, it starts to change your character a little bit. The things that you didn't think you would ever do, now all of a sudden you're doing it. <laughs> the substance get inside of you and all of a sudden it's just like you're a different person. You don't talk like that. You blessed and highly favored. Now all of a sudden you got a little substance in you. Things change. Faith, when it becomes that substance and you allow for it to get inside of you, it changes a little bit. Because now you're not freaking out every time that you hear a news report about what everybody else, there's substance inside of you. It begins to move and stir something inside of you where you said, I am not going to believe the report of what Dr. So-and-so said. I got a faith that there's a substance inside of me. There is a faith, something that is stirring me and it's moving me in a direction that when everybody else is running away from the problem, you're the first one there. When everybody else has abandoned that person, you're the first one there with the, pro with the, with the solution. There is a substance. Faith is that substance. Not only is it something that, you know, people take and drink and smoke, but, but substance, substance in its clearest form is, is something. It's substance. It's something that you can grab and that you can hold. See, faith becomes this thing that when you can actually hold it, if I can hold something, I could bring it close to me. Isn't that not true? Sam, come here for a second. Stay right there. I can't touch Sam. I can't. Come here, Sam. But now all of a sudden, Sam, who was far from me, if I'm able to substance, right? If I'm able to, to grab Sam, that means that he's close to me. That means now he begins to be real to me. He's not just a thought. He's not an imagination. He's not a hope. He's not something that I was desiring. Faith actually brings this thing where you have a wayward son, a wayward husband, where your mom has been so far from salvation that you can actually by faith grab it and say, no, she will come to know who Jesus is. She will bow her knee before the king. She will one day understand the works of the king. Because now all of a sudden, thank you so much, because now with substance, you can actually grab something. And if you grab it, you can bring it close to you. You can bring it into your proximity. Everything changes when you begin to see the things that you've prayed about. For some of us, we've had answers to prayers. And there have been times that we're still praying and believing about some stuff. But for some of us, we've prayed about stuff. And we've held on to this. And Father, I'm believing it. I, I think of Miss Josephine, who was part of our church. Jamal and Sherry's mom. And I mean, we prayed for this woman because she had cancer. And she told us, and every day, what time we're getting at six o'clock in the morning, we would pray. And then we pray again at seven o'clock at night. And we prayed and we believed and we believed and we believed. And we grabbed that thing tight. We didn't let it go. Monday through Friday, we were sitting there praying and declaring with her and declaring with her family. And I know Jamal and Sherry were praying for her as well until we got a call. Last, when was that, Mimi? Last week, she told you? Last week or a week before? One of those two? Two weeks ago? Until this thing that we had so close 
all of a sudden she goes to her doctor and the doctor tells us there's no cancer in your body it's not traceable why because faith moves the needle it's something that you can grab and that you can bring close to you now faith is a substance of things hoped for though i can't grab it it's something that i believe in hope hope is the expected end of something positive the positive effect effect expected a positive of something expected Nunzi said it 10 times better than me. She began to even teach you how neurologically, those of you that have hope, you have better self-esteem, your life, your body, your emotions, but your actual health is so much more better than the people who don't have hope, who don't believe and are pessimistic. Good morning, the sun is bright. No, it's not. The rays are going to kill you. Today sucks. There's no rain for the crops. If it's raining outside, it's raining, it's muggy. Look at this. We're going to die. Global warming. Everybody's going to die. You ever met that person? That has no hope. You can't say nothing to them without them giving you 48 different reasons why we're all going to die. Did you see what China did? No, I didn't see that, bro. Like, good morning is all I said, bro. But what happens is that when you can grab this thing called hope and you can actually put faith around it. Look at what the Bible says. The Bible says now faith, now faith, faith is the substance of the thing that you hope for. So whatever that thing is that you're hoping for and you're believing it, faith actually lets you hold on to it. Faith actually lets you begin to move in that space regardless if you have it or you don't have it. You worrying about the government giving you money to start that business. Bro, start doing it on your own. Start taking the steps. Start believing in faith and watch how God will start meeting you at your need and he'll start providing. But you don't need nobody to give you what God has already given you. He will begin to move, but you just got to take a step. You just got to move in faith. And when you begin to move in faith, things start getting provision. God is only going to bless and only going to multiply. You never see any of the disciples that were sitting at the house watching Netflix. None of them. They were all working. Some of them were in a boat. Some of them were on the field. All of the disciples that Jesus got because he's always going to multiply movement. I can't multiply zero. I'm saying I can't. Zero times ten. Zero. Zero times a hundred. What about zero times a million? God can't multiply zero. But even if it's just point one, that point one can get multiplied. That when you take a step and you believe the substance of things hoped for by faith, Father God, I don't know how I'm going to accomplish this. Some of our single moms, they don't know how they were going to take care of that child, but you're still taking care of them. They're breathing. They're still doing the things that God called them to do because you took a step. You didn't allow for it just to fall out of your hand. Now you said, I'm going to hold this thing. There's a substance that lives inside of you. The Bible says that God has given us a measure of faith. It's the hope, the things that we please, that we ask God, Lord, I need you. To come through in this in this moment now faith now faith everybody say now faith it's the substance of the things that you hope for but then he takes it a step further and then he says now faith is the substance of things hoped for it's the evidence of things not seen so the evidence the evidence is a legal term basically what it means is this i <laughs> when you have a legal proceeding you have a plaintiff and you have a defendant you have a plaintiff and a lawyer who will defend that or, or, or a prosecutor and then you have a defendant and you have a lawyer that kind of 
they kind of work interchangeably, but those are kind of the four spaces of four parties. And then you have a jury and then you have a judge. This is what happens in a court of law. If you made a decision where you broke the law, you will come in as a defendant. Then there's a victim or a plaintiff. Then there's a prosecutor who's trying to give you to pay justice and pay back what you messed up and what you did wrong. And then you have a lawyer who is trying to defend you, to help you, to be able to prove your innocence or to be able to lower some of the consequences that are coming your way and then you have a jury and you got a judge that ultimately makes the decision whether you're going to prove whether you're going to serve a sentence or you're going to be set free now here's what happens in a court of law there is a moment where people have they have testimonies and they share the stories and regardless of what everybody says there is one thing that will super exceed everything except in oj's case but there's one thing that will super exceed everybody's testimony and that is the evidence if there is evidence, if you're riding around in a Bronco and you got a bloody knife and a bloody glove, you're going to jail, my guy. You're done. When the judge sees the evidence, I see something that proves to me that you did this. It moves the needle and it creates a space where now this legal term of evidence now actually begins an adjudication. It begins to move into a space where now you're going to receive a sentence whether it be years or whether it be something financial. That evidence moved, <laughs> that evidence moved the judge to action. That evidence moved the judge to action. So if the Bible is saying that faith is a substance of things hoped for, but then it calls it the evidence of things that you can't see, that means that my faith is evidence that begins to move the king in my situation. That when I begin to pray, Lord, I believe in Jesus' name. I have faith right now. I know that you're going to come through. When my daughter didn't have a spleen, when half of her heart was swollen, me and my wife, we grabbed onto faith and the evidence was, was faith. And we say, Father, you're going to heal my daughter. My daughter has a full heart she doesn't have no holes in her heart she has a spleen we don't even know how it showed up but my daughter now is whole because we believed in the evidence of the things that were not seen though the world is believing in everything that they see I don't believe in everything that I see one of the lessons that I learned when I was in kindergarten was pretend y'all remember pretend we live in a generation where pretend is becoming real now like you're taking pretending you're like no this is real oh my god this is real we're all gonna die no they're there has to be an evidence inside of you, that faith, that you're, God, if you would catch this and understand this, that the evidence, which is your faith, moves the king of all kings. The creator of the universe is moved by your faith. I mean, if you think about this, the only way that you're going to please God is through faith, right? Hebrews 11, chapter 6, chapter 11, verse 6. I want you to see this real quick. It says, but without, everybody say what that says? But without faith, without the substance, without the evidence, that's what faith is. The substance of things not seen or things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It is impossible to please him. 
For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is. This is where I break your little paradigm of, oh, this is a feel-good message. That if I believe it, if I name it, I claim it. If I do all of this stuff that, you know, I, I can speak it and all of a sudden I reach it. All of that crap. This is where it breaks because this is scripture. This is not Chino. The Bible says it is impossible to please him without faith. But if you have faith, for he comes to God must believe faith that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That if we begin to believe in faith that God actually moves on our behalf, that's not me saying it. That's God saying that he is a rewarder to those that diligently seek him. There's something that happens when you take your belief, your faith. It's, it's tangible. Yeah, right? It's substance. It's evidence. It's something that proves and moves the needle and allows for a judge to make a decision. But faith, if we're honest with you, it's invisible. It's not something that you see. Like it's just... Faith, you believe it. But that's the very way that God created the heavens and the earth. I'm going a little bit into my message for next week, but the Bible says that the earth was framed. What does that mean, Chino? That means that God, who is a spirit, hovered over the earth, and that God, who is a spirit, began to speak into a spiritual place, and all of a sudden, the spiritual seed began to bring manifest into a physical realm, and all of a sudden, a tree popped up, a sun popped up, the sea popped up, lights popped up, meaning that you can step into a spiritual place, that you can step into a place of faith, and when you get into that place, you can begin to sow some seeds, and when you sow the seeds in the invisible, all of a sudden now they come alive in the physical that it could go into the spiritual but God would all of a sudden make it manifest in the I'm too deep for y'all man let me go for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son let's turn like here's where I want you to understand this that you have an authority inside of you because of the precious blood of the lamb because of the death burial the resurrection of Jesus to be able to approach God and you can start believing him for stuff Yo, Malachi chapter 3, he said, try me, bro. Like, try me. Let's just see if it's real. I don't know. Just give it a shot. The Bible says, now faith is a substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. By it, the elders received a good testimony. By faith, because of what they believed. And we could go back and we could look at all of them. We could look at how Adam brought a better sacrifice than Cain did, and he believed God, and he brought something to God, and God blessed him. We could look down the road, and you can see how freaking how, how Noah was on the uh, on the uh, Jonah was on in the belly of the whale, and he believed, and he came to his senses, and he says, "Okay, God, this is real," and he was spit out. We could believe how Noah actually built a boat, and there was no rain at the time. But he decided, I'm going to build a boat because God told me to, and by faith he did it. And nobody listened to his message that he preached for 70 to 90 years. Nobody listened to it. Nobody came to his altar call. Not one person. His sons and their wives, him and his wife, eight people, walked into the ark after preaching for 70 to 90 years. Meaning that your success is not defined by the results. Your success is always going to be defined by your obedience. So here it is that we see these elders, they have testimony on top of testimony of what God has done because of their faith. Something that at the beginning of the message, when I said faith, you were like, that sounds cool. That's okay. But hopefully now you got something that you can actually grab because here's what's happening. What happens is that this thing called greater church was a product of somebody grabbing something, 
bringing it close to them, of us believing God. We have a verdict that is going to come because of our evidence. The evidence is that you sent us. The evidence is that your son died so that men and women can come to know who you are. We're not trying to build this thing so it's our kingdom. We're not trying to build this thing, greater church, so we have our celebrity status. We want people to know who you are, our desire. The beginning of our mission is for you to know God. For you to understand who he is, for you to find freedom in your own personal life. Get rid of yesterday. For you to discover your purpose. What was it that God put inside of you? And for you to go make a difference. Point people back to Jesus. So God, we believe in faith that this belongs to you. We didn't know what we were doing. I had a comfortable job. Me and my wife. My wife was in 25 different schools in Miami. She had a huge team of people. We were in the schools teaching. I was in 12, half of yours, whatever, doesn't matter. I was in 12 schools preaching. We saw over 5,000 students come to know Jesus in one year. We were doing things that, man, every single Tuesday, we probably had anywhere from 1,500 to 2,000 young adults, 20-somethings that was in the church. We saw healings happen where people's bodies were actually healed. We saw people that had demons have demons cast out of them. I mean, we were working the kingdom. We were doing what we were called to do. We weren't doing anything different. Like, I mean, we were working our butts off. But man, it was satisfying every single Sunday when you got up on a platform and you preached and you watched 50 to six. I was just there two weeks ago and I watched as 50 to 60 people came up to the front to give their life to Jesus for the first time. And we were able to lay hands on them. And we watched people get baptized with the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues. We saw healings happen. This just happened three weeks ago when I was down there when we took um, Nunzi's mom to check. These are, I mean, this is the church. This is what it looks like. But God said, yo, I want you to give that up and move to Georgia. Bro, what? Who? The first thing I told my wife, you remember, I, before that, I was like, babe, I'm never planting a church. I'm never, church? For what? I'm, I'm never, what? I don't do a church for who? I'm good right now. We straight. Like, I'm, I'm living life right now. This is fun. This is exciting. But the Lord said, I, I need you to go. And then he did some really cool things because he gave us these three confirmational words. One of them, in the middle of praying and fasting, the first day, 7.30 in the morning, I went to work on a Sunday morning. And as soon as I walk into the church, one of the girls who was a part of our leadership team, Nunzi was a part of our leadership team with the youth. One of the girls comes up and says, hey, Chino, I had a dream with you. I said, oh, here we go. I just started this fast. Said you were sitting in a chair. And all of a sudden, when you were sitting in the chairs, like this light hit you. And I saw the light hit you. And when the light hit you, you said, I can't be here anymore. And you got up. And when you got up, a seed fell out of your pocket. And then you walked away, but the seed began to grow. And she's like, I don't know what it means, but I don't think you're going to be here much longer. And whatever you plant is going to grow. I told nobody that we were planting a church. I told nobody. My wife, Jason and Allison, Brian and Sochi, VN and Jesus. Here it is, that at five o'clock, after our 14th service, <laughs> we walk, y'all think one service is hard. We walk in and another woman comes to me, says, I gotta be obedient. I feel like the Lord told me to tell you, don't worry about the finances. They're gonna come. God is gonna give. He's gonna multiply the finances. Don't let that be a concern. Bro, what? I was like, I'm done with my fast. 
I can eat. Lord, I don't need to fast no more. You already talked to me. I told my wife and she was like, nope, party pooper. She was like, no, babe, you got to fast. We got to keep fasting. I said, dang, you're so holy. I can't stand you. The next day, 7 a.m., I'm back in my office on Monday morning because we had Teen Chapel at 9 a.m. You remember Teen Chapel? Those were fun. 9 a.m., after being in church from 7 o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night, be back at church again because we got to have Teen Chapel. And I remember that after Teen Chapel, I was in my office and I remember I was just kind of getting my week together. And one of the students, I was the college director. We have 43 students that were at Southeastern University and I was the college director at that time. He says, hey, Chino, Pastor Chino, can I, can I come up to speak to you? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. You, totally, you can come up. So what happens is that he says, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up there. When he comes in, he walks in through my door with a helium tank. I'm, I'm sitting there. Let me give you a little bit of context. The day before, and I love him. He's my homie. I love him. Love Jacob. The day before, I give him a helium tank. I was also the youth pastor. Yeah. And I remember, big church life. And I remember that I gave him a helium tank. And I said, I need you to fill up four balloons. Everybody say four. Okay. Four balloons. You know, a young college student sitting there talking to a girl. He fills up 24 balloons. And the entire helium tank is gone. He has all these balloons. And I remember that I walked downstairs and I'm like, bro, what is this? He's like, I didn't know what you said. So I was like, yo, it's a leadership moment. Don't ever assume anything. Just ask me. Call me. Chino, how many balloons you said? You were talking to the little girl and you got lost in the sauce and you're sitting here tying up balloons. <sighs> oh my God, trying to show your muscles through your lungs. Bro, I get it. So that next day, he walks in with a helium tank. And when he walks in with the helium tank, I'm like, bro, what are you, what are you doing? And he's like, look, I know, I know. He was like, I was sitting there and I was just, I was, I knew you weren't mad at me because I filled up all those balloons. I, I know, but I just felt like the Lord told me I needed to buy a helium tank. And I'm 24 hours into the fast. I hit him with that side look. Oh yeah? What? Huh? He said, yeah, man, I felt like I had to go. So I went across the street. Wally World and I went when I went to Walmart he said I went to go grab the helium tank and at the moment that I touched the helium tank I'm not trying to be weird but at the moment that I grabbed the helium tank all of a sudden I felt like the Lord told me to tell you something and he said people are going to make mistakes just like I made mistakes but people are not going to build that thing God is going to build it people are going to screw up People are going to say the wrong things. They're going to fill up 24 balloons instead of four. They're going to make wrong mistakes, but it's not people that are going to build it. It's going to be God that's going to build it. And yo, I remember that I was sitting there in my heart. I'm doing backflips, front flips. I'm, I'm speaking it, all of that stuff. But I'm looking at this kid and I'm like, praise the Lord, brother. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Go, go, you good, man. You can get out the office. When I closed the door, bro, I probably spoke in, I spoke in tongues that God didn't even understand. He was like, I don't know what you said there, bro. But bro, I mean, it was just a moment where I was like, God, you spoke to me. And I called my wife and she said, I don't care. We got to finish the fast. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She was, we did finish the fast, but she was like, babe, this is what God called us to do. This is what God called us to do. I left my mom who was at that time 60 something years old son my family my friends because God put something in my heart and told me to do something there was a thing that God wanted me to accomplish 
Do me a favor. Would you look around your room for just a second? This is what God asked me to build. And you are the reason why we left that place. Because God told us, I want you to do my work. And I said, okay, God, I don't understand it. But I got a substance. I got faith that you're going to do it. You're going to provide. You're going to do everything. And I got the evidence. The evidence is you proved to me way too many times that you're good, you're faithful, that you're a provider, that you're going to open up the doors, that you're going to close the door, that you're going to bring people into our life, that you're going to remove people out of our life. I believe in you. And I remember holding on to this thing. Now, because of this thing, in August, we get to celebrate five years of ministry. Because now, in the midst of a pandemic, where churches aren't lasting five hours, where churches are closing down by the hundreds, the elders received a good report. Our good report of people saying, you're still alive, you're still going. We walked into Baker Elementary, for those of you that were there, when we were setting up in a gym, we're still alive. We went to Barber Middle School where I remember I met the Patricks and they came in with the entire team and we're still alive. Here it is that we're in this little L-shaped room and we're a fraction of who we were, but we're still alive, baby. We still got a call. We still got a move. We still got a pulse. We still got a pulse and a heartbeat because God gave us an instruction. He gave us an assignment and by faith we grabbed onto that thing. And now the good report, it comes from the Lord. Faith, now faith, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen by it. The elders received a good report. This, this thing called faith is dynamic. Not only can it change the trajectory of your life, I would be a horrible preacher for me to deny the fact that eternity is real. My mom, when she passed, was probably the moment where I saw heaven the clearest because something shifted in me where I was like, as I saw her there laying, just her body, I knew that she was still somewhere. I was like, something clicked in me where I was like, she, she's still alive. And I don't mean this mystical weird stuff where she's right here next to me. Hey, look at my mom. Like she's in heaven. She's with Jesus. I believe that she has stepped out of time and she's in eternity with the king and the creator. The man that she fell in love with, Jesus, is now her entire consumption. She's with him. And something inside of me clicked where I was like, yo, heaven's real. But if I can believe that heaven is real, then I have to understand the reality that hell is real as well. And that there is a place that God doesn't send us to that place. As a matter of fact, the book of Matthew says that it wasn't even created for us. It says that hell was created for Satan and his angels. But when we reject God, when we move away from God and we say, God, I don't want to choose you. I want to choose me. When we allow for our own fleshly desires to consume us and become our God, we reject God. And I know that's harsh, but man, I'd be a horrible preacher not to tell you the realities of eternity. But isn't it crazy? that we don't have to spend an eternity away from God that we can spend an eternity with God you're not going to be up in heaven playing a harp not no like you got jobs to do like the Bible says in Revelation chapter 21 that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth so we're not taking a magic carpet ride anywhere God is going to transform all of this stuff every tear that you have dropped in this life I promise you God is going to pay you back is what scripture says but not only that you'll no longer cry anymore 
You'll no longer have to deal with the issues that we deal with. That God is going to change us. You will have the peace that you've been desiring for so long. How, how do I do that, Chino? Simple. Weak after week after week month after month after month year after year after year from now until eternity until Jesus decides to come back we're going to give people this opportunity and we're going to point them back to the Bible not to being a church member not to paying tithes make sure y'all pay your tithes not, not to serve on a team but back to the Bible that says in Romans chapter 10 verse 9 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and if you believe in your heart faith that God raised them from the dead you shall be saved that God is not in the business of taking bad people who smoke drink and making them good people now you hallelujah amen you walk with your booty cheeks playing everywhere you go no 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 you're dead in your sins and you have a hell that you about to bust wide open salvation comes into your life and it takes your dead spirit and it brings it back to life regeneration salvation is the greatest miracle that we would ever see you can have your head fall off and pastor alfonso could grab your head and akuna matata put that junk back on heal you and you can walk and say oh my god I'm, I'm alive again it is still a point of man for once to die we're all gonna die so the healing was great but you're gonna die how beautiful is it that we have an opportunity there? We don't have to die a second time. That we can be with God for all of eternity. And all we have to do is confess with our mouth prayer and believe in our heart and we shall be saved. You only got to do two things. You only have to do two things. Would you do me a favor and would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. And we hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us 